also my Gear Jake podcast episode 11 season two. No, I'm just being me. But I have an idea to do ASMR videos because how cool would it be to talk about cornering and... <laughs> my husband's making fun of me. I don't want to be yelling. I, this is just who I am, so... But I am considering doing <laughs> some ASMR <laughs> videos. So, because where can you listen to people talk about leather and 1.3 millimeter and C certifications? You know, you can't hear anyone ASMR that to you. Um, all right, before we start, ooh, Marlene has a question. Um, Marlene wants to know when I started writing. This year will be my 17th year, although I didn't write very much at all this year, but started in 2003 on a scooter and technically 2004 would be motorcycles. But I count my first year of 2003 because scootering is just an automatic motorcycle and it's the same, pretty much the same movements and you have to still know how to do the same emergency maneuvers. You have to turn similarly, um, the weight, it's a little bit weight, different weight distribution. But I learned so much on the scooter. And if I didn't have a year um, and about 4,000 miles of scootering, there's no way I could have, I think, jumped into motorcycles with so much comfort. I mean, I, I was uncomfortable in the beginning, for sure. I took my class and it was much better. But I mean, like, just the launch pad of learning to ride the motorcycle that we had at the time, I don't think I would have felt as self-motivated if I didn't have that scooter time I think it would have delayed my confidence level and I think it just would have changed everything about how I feel about riding so for this podcast episode I want to talk and give you my some more um, tips more secrets brands and sizing as I've learned over the past 10 years and how you can kind of assess fitment without seeing oh pennsylvania without seeing um something in person because sometimes when someone's asking me like oh what do you know about this bell staff blah 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 and um to be honest i mean i've never touched really touched one of those jackets and there's a lot of brands i've never really touched in real time because in the philadelphia showroom hello um for Revzilla, the selection we have is narrow. It's about 30 companies that we filter out from like 600 brands. And we're very specific about the selections we carry. So we exclude a lot of things. But these days I'm working with people who, um, on customers online like yourself, and I've never touched a Joe Rocket Atomic Mesh. So, you know, what do you kind of, where do you start and what do you need to look at in order to determine whether that might work for me. The biggest thing you have to start with first is yourself. This sounds like self-help, but it really, <laughs> since it's clothing and trying on things. So we're gonna talk about jackets and pants really. With helmet fit, That's a, that deserves its own episode and I'll definitely schedule something about helmets because helmet fit is extremely challenging when you're doing it blind. Same with gloves, like it's, it's just so feel driven. So with jackets and pants, the first thing you need to know about yourself is literally yourself. How tall are you? Know how tall you are. Um, what is your chest measurement? You know, for a jacket, that's really important, right? 
getting a measuring tape and figuring out what is my full, like what's the actual number on the tape. And those are things that we don't do for fun. It's not like on a Friday night, you're like, Hey, let's measure each other. It's like, that's just not something you do. So, so if you're not sure how to do that, I will post a link to a YouTube video for ladies that I really find works well. And for guys, it's a little easier, but I'll try to demonstrate for you just some areas that I think are important. But the first thing is you must know yourself. So what's your sleeve length, you know, from your neck to your wrist? What is your, um, your belly, your waist measurement when you have pants on, like not the fake numbers, you know, when you walk into the, well, when we used to walk into stores and buy clothes, um, not the fake measure numbers on the waistbands, but like what's in inches, you know, what is okay. Centimeters if you're European. Um, but in inches, you want to try to get that information. And Tim brings up a good point. Most people don't even have a measuring tape. You got to get one because the we know that data, right, information is how you um, make decisions and how you make informed decisions. And you can't really make an informed decision if you don't even have the right data about yourself. So again, real measurements, chest, and for ladies, that's full bust, not under bust, but full waist, belly, wherever you button your pants. And for guys, that can be what I call below the belt um, or at the belt line. Because we know like for some men, your belt line is maybe where you do your pants, like where you button your pants, but your waistline is where you zip your jacket. And those are two different numbers. So it's good to have those two numbers too. I mean, the more the numbers, the better, really. It doesn't hurt you to have like multiple measurements for different parts of your body. And then going down your body uh, for ladies, hips are huge. You want to have that full hip circumference. And if you have a very full bottom, then yes, you want to measure around there too. And the same goes for guys. You know, if you work out and you do a lot of strength training, you do CrossFit, you do weightlifting, and you have really strong glutes and quads, and that's a problem for you when you're trying on clothes, well, you want to have those numbers too. And now you know what the challenges that a lot of women face when trying to size pants. Um, and a lot of the women out there are like nodding, yes. So, you know, when you have curves, those areas are important. So measure that around your, um, around your hips, around your bottom thighs, measure around your largest, uh, part of your thigh, which is probably all the way up almost to your, um, groin. Like if you have really strong quads, you, you're going to have to measure the full circumference, um, your inseam and for motorcycles, remember for motorcycle gear, your inseams never go to the floor because you never want your pants to be that long. So most of the inseams you see on size charts are to the ankle. Now jeans will probably give you a full, um, they may give you a little bit longer uh, measurement, just like casual clothes. But for the most part, leathers, textiles, performance gear, that's not a casual jean. You want to count your inseam to your ankle. Oh, and then, um, yeah, so for kind of your full body, you want to have that first. The second thing I look at is reviews. So if you look at a, a product and there's like 20 reviews, certainly you're going to find a nice um, sense of what people think and feel about the item. So you're going to read through, see if anyone mentions their height and measurements to give you a sense of how it's working for them. Now, the other thing that's challenging with reviews is you have to take them with a grain of salt because you don't know how well that person is fitting themselves. 
So they could be, here's a good example. They could be someone who's like, I take like, like a, take like a woman who's five, nine, she's maybe 140 pounds. So she's very slender and she's reviewing something on her, like a, take like a really curvy jacket, like an Olympia. And, you know, she might say something like this fits pretty well. Well, I would say it probably fits her length that she needs and it probably fits, you know, a certain width, but it probably doesn't fit her correctly because knowing what I know about that jacket, it doesn't fit that kind of body type at all. It's really meant for a different body type. And um, that's where you're going to want to kind of take an average, I guess, and just look at all the reviews and see what is the general trend as far as fitment. So after you have your numbers, depending what you're looking at, say you're looking at a European brand. So let's start with Europeans. Um, European brands will typically never, and I would say 99.99% because I've never seen it otherwise, they will never have a U.S. sizing. Um, so for men, that means if you've ever um, bought a suit, then you know that like 40 regular is your physical chest measurement and regular indicates length, I believe. Um, that will never typically be the case with the traditional European brands like, you know, the Italians, the um, the Nordics, the German, you know, all the European friends will have a range of European sizing for ladies starting in the low uh, mid 30s in even numbers, 34 is usually the very bottom, up to a Euro 50. And for men, your Euro range typically starts at 44. Um, why am I so short of breath? Okay, so <laughs> for Dionese, they're the, one of the few brands that start at a Euro 44 for men, which is very small. It's like an extra small. And then it goes all the way up typically to 60 Euro is kind of the range. So for guys, you're looking at mid to high 40s Euro all the way up to 60, high 50s, sometimes 62, 64 Euro. And for ladies, it starts in the um, mid 30s up to maybe 52 at the most. And that's a very rare, uh, a rare thing. It's usually 30s to 40s. For ladies, uh, you can think of it this way. Anything in Euro 30s is extra small range. Um, extra small to small. And then you go up to the mid to high 30s. And then you start getting up to the mediums. And then when you're in 40s is where you start to get the larges and extra larges. The challenging thing is that, well, for more for, I'd say, ladies, but also for men is plus sizing doesn't exist. It's not even part of the vocabulary in European gear. I would say probably clothing. I don't even know if they have a plus sizing in, in Europe and other parts of the world. But um if you're looking at women's clothing, you can always know that pretty much when you're, when you stop at the mid to high forties, you're pretty much stopping at the U S 12 ladies or so dress size, sometimes 14 in very few options, but typically that's really the range from U S four to four all the way up to uh, 14 for men, your range, you know, if you kind of divvy out your Euro forties and then you start getting into the high 40s and the low 50s is where you start getting into medium. So when I see 44, 46, 48, I think small men's. And then 50, 52, 54 is where we start to get to mediums and larges. 
and then um, 60s where you get up to maybe a 2XL and 2XL is about where you top out. There are a few brands though that are making much larger sizing. Revit's a really good example. Like the Airwave suit, they're doing I think up to 5X in pants and that that bumps up to like I'd say about a 42 waist or so. Um, so not like the largest sizes on the planet, but they're definitely doing some generous sizing. Um, that gives you a very rough sense of what you're looking at in terms of Euro sizing when you're looking at these brands. And, um, in general, you can always assume, all right, if it's going to be a Euro size and fit, I know that it's going to be a slimmer fit than, um, anything typically that I'm going to find on the American um, side of things. There's a couple of exceptions there with like, maybe track specific gear um, because sport track gear is a little tighter. But when you compare like a sport track um, outfit from a European brand to an American brand, you will always get a tighter fitment. So you can always assume, okay, going in, if I pick this Revit item, it's going to fit slimmer and not as uh, loose and not as broad and not as um, generous is this American brand. So you can always just Google, be like, Google the brand, and um, you'll always get information on their websites about where they're based and who they are. And that's a really great way to free at least to figure that out. Um, the next thing that you're going to do is you're going to look at what do you wear now? So say you're shopping for a new suit. Okay, I have this older Olympia suit in my closet. The size is this and really examine how it fits you and have a sense of, okay, I have this old um, air glide suit, you know, it's, I've lost some weight. It's actually about a size too big now, or it's half a size too big or the other way. This is definitely one size too small or two sizes too small or whatever you think the size difference is. Make a note of that, like have some notes about kind of, um, where you are in terms of the gear you have and what you don't like about it or the sizing issues you have, like this has always been too long for me or this has always been too short. And having a frame of reference is, is really important because it gives you some sort of baseline to, go, to move forward. Now, I know the challenge is totally different with a new rider and you have absolutely nothing um, that's where, you know, you, you do what you can to research the options you're looking at and you try to average out as many reviews as you can and as much information as you can figure out about the brand. And yes, Rachel brings up a good point. Always a cloth tape measure. So if you go to Walgreens, you jump on Amazon, you can find them for like a dollar. You can find a little, um, like a, you know, like one of your, a tailor or a dry cleaner would have. So looking at, you know, so now you've figured out yourself, okay, you have all your measurements and you have your data and information, and then you're going to look at the gear you have, and you're going to try to make some mental notes or, excuse me, or write down kind of fit and sizing wise, what you don't want or what you need based on that. Um, the, probably the the next thing to do is also make a note about what fitment works best for you. 
and you want to try to bring together the fit you need and the fit you want. So a good example of that is say you're, um, okay, say you're me, you're 5'2", you're 130 pounds, um, you're about a size 2'4"-ish. Okay, but let's just say, you know what, I hate any kind of, I don't like wearing any t-shirts or clothing where it's like super fitted. And I don't mean tight, but I just mean like fitted. So maybe I, I just don't like that. So I don't like my shirts to like cling to my body. I like it. I just kind of like it there, but I don't necessarily want to wear like a men's size. I don't want it that big. I just don't want it like skin tight and like completely showing off, um, the parts of my, you know, curves on my body. So that's a preference right there. And then that's where I go. Okay. So I don't like that fit. So what am I going to do? I'm probably going to order a size up in something really Italian and like slim, or I may pivot and shoot for like an American fit. Like I think I'll do Olympia because I want a really relaxed fit. I don't want it like super fitted. And then you kind of have a direction to go. Um, And then the same goes if you're a guy, you know, if you're, let's say you're I don't know, you're 5'9", you have a 40-inch chest or a 41-inch chest and like a 32-inch waist, even though you technically would fit very well in like a really slim European brand like Alpine Stars or Dionysi, you don't have to if you don't want to. However, you're probably going to want to balance that with the protection. So, you know, the downside is you don't want to go so big that you lose all the armor fitment and then everything just is falling off of you. Like your shoulder armor is falling backward because it's so big on you. You don't want to go that direction, but it doesn't mean you have to have like your jacket, like super fitted and tight to your waist. You could have like an inch or two of room just to feel a little less constricted. That kind of preference too is going to kick in as well. So, the the thing with um you know looking at as objectively as you can looking at reviews and looking at people and what they're wearing like if you're researching a particular item that's certainly going to give you a good sense of like how is it supposed to fit you know what's the ideal body type for that kind of fitment you can really get a sense of that and then think about proper riding gear fit so you also want to keep that in the back of your mind okay I know that it should fit like this. And you're also kind of evaluating how it fits someone else to see like, how would that work on me? Um, The other thing that you want to know is that if items have liners in them, you can always count on a fit that's going to be a little bigger and a fit that's going to be more generous when liners come out. And then the fit swings and changes again when you put the liners back in. So that's something else that you can count on for fitment. So a really good example of that is say you buy, um, the Outback. So a really good example is this jacket, this suit that Robert makes called the Outback three, and they make it for men and women. And it's a textile jacket on the outside. It's not mesh. And it has a couple of vents in the front, couple in the back, and it has two liners that come out because the suit is trying to serve you for like 10 months out of the year. So then you can just move the liners in and out and change the fit. So what happens is you go from like, you swing, you know, all the way over when it's cold and you put all the stuff in 
and now it's just a little bit tighter than it was when I first bought it six months ago. But then in the spring and summertime, all the liners come out and then you swing back and oh, okay, well, it fits great. I just don't want to put all the liners in because <laughs> I can't breathe when I sit down or whatever. And then you're getting this range of fitment and that can also um, help you kind of determine whether that fit's going to work for you. You want to really think about, am I going to use all these liners? Am I only going to use one? Am I realistically going to use them at all? Was it just such a good deal? I bought it anyway and I'm never going to need the liner or I just like how it looked. So thinking about those things will also help you. Um, just looking at my notes to see what I, what else I wrote down. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. I actually did have a couple notes about helmets. Um, but let me just finish what I was going to write, what I had written down for jackets and pants. Um, the other thing that I look at when I'm looking at uh, evaluating a jacket or pant is I'm, I am looking at the photo of it to get a sense of what the profile looks like. So you know how when you're like shopping on a website, like you're looking at, you're at Rosilla, for example, and you're looking at a jacket. And um, here I'm going to pull up like the Dionese airframe is a, just as an example. And you see this like um, invisible um, person or body that's filling out the jacket. So you can see like, did they use a really good model to fill out the photo of this jacket? Did they use, like in some photos you can tell they didn't use a really good model. So the jacket's all like baggy. And the jacket just doesn't look good on this invisible person. Typically, I find those to be the, the kind of more relaxed and looser fitments. And I know there's no, I have no scientific or data to support this assumption. This is just an observation that I, um, that I'm, that I've been making as I'm browsing through product options and jackets that I haven't gotten my hands on. But like looking at this Dionese jacket, you can just look at the profile and you can just tell that it's, it's a pretty fitted jacket and it is not a relaxed, easy, comfortable fitment. Like I said, there's, I don't have like hard numbers to support this, but it's generally something that I noticed with the European brands. They usually use very fitted models very um, like perfectly molded um, mannequins maybe to take pictures with the jackets and then it's filling out the garment. The other thing that you can tell is a lot of times companies use the wrong models. Manufacturers and women's gear is a really good example. It's always, um, typically often, it's an undersized model being fitted in the jacket and you can tell she's kind of swimming in it um, because the sleeves are baggy, because the waist is bunching, because the chest line is, is puffing and her body isn't filling out the garment. And this is something that I notice more with American brands and it's really not an issue so much with the European brands and the European styles. They use perfectly fitted models for their product. And it fills out really, really well. So that's kind of the other thing um, that I'll look at to try to evaluate that size charts. Now, 
what's really hard with size charts is they're all different and they are all, um, you know, they're, they're going to be based on a variety and a swing of how they measured. So let's say you look at a, um, a jacket. Let's just talk about a men's jacket, for example. And the small says, oh, um, 36 inch chest to 39 inch chest in a small. So if you're, um, if you're a guy and you have a 45 inch chest, a man who has a 36 inch chest is quite literally a woman, um, a female size, like a small petite, um, sized female. I'm a 37 inch chest and I'm 130. And so you can almost, I almost look at them from a common sense point of view. Like there really is not a, not a very common size for a man with a 37 inch chest in general. That's a pretty rare, it's not as common, certainly in America here you can kind of tell that the size chart is a little bit on the conservative size. Um, again, you want to look at that and compare it to some product reviews to see how that really sizes up. The other thing you can do is look at other styles in the brand family and then get a comparison to see, well, what's going on in this company in, you know, Brevet's an example. Well, if it fits like this in this style, let me look at that style and see how it's working for people over there. That can help you get a get a gauge. Of course, there's a lot of nuance when you skip from like, say you, you're trying on like a cafe racer style leather jacket and then you pivot and go to look at a, a mesh jacket. You might get a different, a little bit different um, fit feedback but in general, brands stick to a traditional general profile. Like Dynase is a good example. They have a specific fit that they are committed to and that they prefer and they won't stray from. And you don't see a huge swing in fitment unless you go from like tracksuit to um, like, it's a good example, like tracksuit to adventure jacket. That's where you see the biggest pivot. Um, and that's typically with any company. If you leave a lifestyle, like you go from adventure riding and then you decide to go to track day riding, you're going to have a big swing, a huge swing in, um, the way it fits and the way it feels. Okay. So that's kind of that's what I have on my list. Let's see if I missed anything that I wanted to talk about. If anyone has any questions, feel free to post. Um, okay. So the other thing that's probably helpful too is if you're looking at a pretty American brand, so Joe Rocket, that's a pretty good example. For the most part, you can pretty much assume that you will have more room the smaller the size you go. 
So if you look at like a small mesh American brand like Olympia, like Joe Rocket, and then you look at a small European brand like Dainese, you just know, you don't even have to know anything about them. You can pretty much make the assumption that if I choose this American brand in small, and then I look at this European brand in small, they're not going to fit the same at all. And I'm going to have more room in this men's, in this small American jacket where I can probably do an extra small and size down in that American one and then stay up a size in the European one just because of the countries where they come from and just knowing that European gear fits smaller than American gear. And that's, you know, it's like clothing. I guess you could say the same thing, right? If you buy an Italian suit, then uh, of course that's going to fit a lot tighter than buying an American fit suit, you know, or buy an American brand. So you can make kind of those kind of broad, um, generalizations. Something I forgot to tell you was kind of translating um, sizing with European. And I've found that by doing, excuse me, um, by doing measurements, a lot of measurements recently that with women's sizing, a lot of the Euro sizing um, is translating to measured chest numbers. The particularly in Revit and Ruka. However, in inches. So if you're looking at a Revit jacket in a 36, it almost corresponds to a bust measurement of 36, but then that range kind of changes. With European sizing, what you can always assume if you're a guy is your U.S. chest measurement in inches if you add 10 to that, that gives you a range, a kind of a, I would say a starting point for a Euro size. So, um, if you have a 44 inch chest measured, then you can, you just, you can know that roughly just looking at the range of Euro sizing, you're going to land somewhere in the 54 Euro range. Yeah. It, and it might change. You might drop to, you might go up to 56 in like a Dionysia track jacket, or you might be able to drop down to a 54 in a Revit um, textile, but you know that you're not going to be a US 44 uh, American um, men's chest measurement and then be a Euro 48. Like that wouldn't be a thing. So adding 10 is helpful um, with men. I'd say that's pretty consistent. With ladies, it's a little bit harder, I'll be honest. Like it's, it's challenging because our... <laughs> Sizing and the measurements, they swing so left and right, especially with um, Revit and Ruka, for example, really good examples. They start at 34, so their Euro 34 is equivalent to an Italian uh, Euro 38 or 40 because those Italians don't start at 34. They start at 38 and, or they start at 38 and 40, so that's why the... Um, they're not equal. So a Italian 38 and 40 isn't bigger than a, a Revit, um, uh, or Ruka, like Norwegian 34. They're, they're just, it's just different. <laughs> I probably, I need to do like a whole episode about women's sizing. Um, so that's how you can do some very rough translating and then you'll want to 
hit me up if you have like specific questions. Um, but I've just noticed that a lot of the size charts are very conservative and they're just, they're way, they're undersized for who they can really fit. The other thing that you can always assume is that proportionally speaking, the shorter you are, um, the sizes and, and if you're a larger person, the shorter you are, then you know, your sizes are, you're probably going to have to bump up a couple times on the Euro size chart where you can probably drop once or maintain in an American brand. So euros will always give you this long, slightly elongated and slimmer fitment. And then just knowing that, okay, this brand is potentially going to fit this way. It gives you a good sense of whether that is something that might work for you. And then proportions are where we make or break those decisions. Um, women's is a good example of that. If you're a size, maybe you're a size 10 or 12 and, but your proportions are more in your, um, as a female, your proportions are more driven in your hip measurement, kind of your, the width of your hips, not so much the depth of your, 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 um, your hips, I guess that's the best way to say it. Then your sizing can work really well, but with women's euro sizing doesn't work as well when you need more room for your butt basically if you have a very strong full bottom that's where euro sizing it doesn't know how to it really doesn't know how to handle that um so hips are easy but then bottoms is where it gets hard and i'd say it's the same for men's pants too generally speaking um having strong glutes and having pants fit you that way it's really not common and it's hard to find a lot of men's riding pants to fit you well in that direction. So that's where proportions are really going to shift and really going to pivot. I'll give you a couple of, um, there were a couple of things with like helmets that I, I can probably just throw in there really quick with helmet sizing. Um, again, the data is really important. So measuring, having your head measurements and really studying what kind of fitment you need as far as your cheekbones, your cheeks, um, you know, really assessing like how oval your head shape is. And if you just Google, you'll find a ton of information articles about head shapes. I have a little article on my 101 pages about helmet measurement, like shapes. Um, but having a strong command of what's my head measurement, how oval am I? And then really delving into how well does my helmet fit me now? Because if you start with a frame of reference with your helmet, for example, where you're really wearing your helmet a size too big, it makes it virtually impossible for you to try to find a new helmet that's actually going to fit you right because your frame of reference is not set in the same place as those of us who are trying to fit you. Because if I'm trying to fit you properly, I am trying to fit you to where everything is snugger than you probably think it should be. But it, you know, it definitely, there's a few different things that can come into play there. Um, the other thing that you can do with helmets is look at the shell sizing and liner sizing to see if what kind of options you have if you end up buying something that doesn't work for you. 
And in general, you want to try to eliminate that factor by wearing it at home as much as possible and um, following return policies. But at least with Revisilla, you can always return it if you return everything on, you know, with packaging and you haven't written in it and you can just wear it here at your desk and just sit here for like 20, 30 minutes. But you want to do as much, spend as much time as you can with uh, a helmet, especially before you ride in it to really get a sense of, is this the right shape? I, you know, am I, I am a long oval. Is this helmet really a long oval? And try to get a real kind of observe how that fitment is working for you or affecting you. But what I would do is also take some pictures of yourself, like take some headshots, especially take, um, just like uh, Tim just said, take a picture of your head and maybe have someone look at it with you and see what head shape am I, you know, look at these pictures and look at my head. What do you, you know, what do we think um, my head is matching up to based on all these photos I've seen on the internet and get a really strong sense of what kind of shape you need because that is going to drive your ability to determine whether something fits you or not. And again, having that strong sense of this is what this is what I am this is my number this I I have full cheek so I need a little bit lighter cheek pad you know having these observations and making note of these things is really going to help you when you when it comes time to buy something and then evaluate it and see if it's going to work um of course all of these things you want to make sure you sit on your bike to really see is it going to work so the other thing that's really important about trying to assess your fit too is knowing that everything you're looking at, and we're, we're of course talking about a lot of these um, brands that I've mentioned, uh, well-known motorcycle apparel brands, and we're not talking about brands and styles that have nothing to do with actually motorcycling. So we're not talking about casual clothes here. We're talking about, you know, Alpine Stars gear, Revit gear, Olympia gear that everything is designed for you to sit down on your motorcycle. So you want to remember always place that at the forefront and have that as the way you really measure what's working and what, what isn't. Um, and that'll also help you really figure out, am I doing, am I doing this right? Oh crap. I've been standing in front of the mirror this whole time with my shoulders back and my chest out well, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was really uncomfortable and I don't want to stand in my jacket like that all the time. That also will kind of tell you that you're thinking about your sizing too much in one direction and not enough in another. The, um, the other huge thing that can help you is Googling. <laughs> is, you know, it sounds very straightforward, but, you know, you can Google stuff like, does this brand X, you know, whatever jacket, how does it fit? How is it supposed to fit me? And you'll always find, you'll find people's personal reviews on their blogs. You'll find um, maybe a forum somewhere like a Suzuki forum and someone's, you know, there's probably a gear forum and someone's in there like, I just bought this awesome Joe Rocket, whatever, whatever. And, and it fits me like this, you know, I think, you know, what do you think? Or check me out in this jacket. And you can get some really great feedback that way too, to help you figure out like what, 
what's happening. Um, so that could be, um, another resource for you to try to see, like Googling, you just find so many interesting, random content about things that you never really thought you could. Um, and then, you know, when you run into a wall, please feel free to hit me up. But <laughs> I hope that some of those tips, um, will help you as you're trying to evaluate, okay, is this even something I should consider? Like, is this a brand or is this a style that I should, I should really think about for myself? And hopefully it'll make the process a little bit simpler for you. Um, Tennis, I don't think I, I don't know if I totally understand your comment. Here, I'm going to put it on the screen. You said, except booster riding gear. I got a pair of pants that fit well, except the leg length was made for someone who should be 6'4". Okay, so you definitely ended up with something that was definitely cut for someone taller, longer inseam. So that's probably where I would have recommended, um, well, assuming that your height wasn't, um, well, okay, well, so here's an, I'll just create a, a random example. If you are five foot, let's say you have a 26 inch inseam and you're a woman who's maybe a, like a U.S. dress 14, every pant is probably going to be on the floor for you and really long because in general, your kind of range of sizing and fitment for women is really going to be um, like five, four-ish, five, three-ish, up to five, nine, ten, nine-ish for a woman. And definitely harder if you're on the taller side. Um, if you're five, eight, then I would want to ask you, is that a woman's pant that you bought or was it a men's pant? Um, and also sizing wise, if you're 5'8", and maybe your dress size is more like 16, 18, then that's where the lengths get too long. So depending on, you know, the brand you choose and the way that that particular brand might trend in terms of inseams and, and lengths. The other thing is lifestyle too. Like if you buy adventure specific gear, that can give you, you you'll get built in length just by choosing something designed for that kind of riding style. So that can certainly make the difference. I guess I didn't know what booster riding gear was. I don't know if that was a brand or something. Um, and Tim, what is, let's see, let me put your comment up here. Most riding pants are designed to be, ha I don't think that's really the case, Tim. That's actually really not common. Um, Olympia is the only brand that really had created a shorter or an extra like four and a half inches of of pant length because they weren't they wanted to avoid long and short sizing but jeans are certainly you can totally hem most jeans um riding jeans you know riding chinos riding leggings you can probably you can hem those but unfortunately most textile like leather performance riding pants they're not designed yes tim olympia yes they they built in that and that was a really great feature and not a lot of companies copy them or follow them, but most brands you have to either find short sizing, which is really not as common, or you have to get creative with hemming. And I've seen some really great handiwork. You know, if you know a really good tailor, some people can really work magic, but it's not easy and it's not cheap. Great. Right. 
I, that's, I think that's all I have. Maybe my brain's just shutting down because it's a work day for me. So I hope you have a really great weekend. If you're working, I hope you have a great work day. Otherwise, find me here. Find me on my website, gearchick.com. You can find me on any social channel as Gearchick. So I will talk to you next week.